Ian Collins wants a word. <laughs> Powered by the Mitsubishi L200. With a five-year, 125,000-mile warranty, that's as tough and hard-working as you are. Collins wants a word. Welcome, friends, to the august offering that is episode 40. Yes, we've been knocking out this hooey for nearly a year now, and whilst podcasting has previously been free from the shackles of state control, we now find ourselves in a new post-Leveson era, where everything we say or do is subject to scrutiny, judgment, or potential litigation. With that in mind, can we just say hello to Hugh Grant? Hugh who, you might ask? Yes, Hugh Grant. You know, the admirable campaigner for cleaning up the press and ensuring that the laws of common decency prevail. Not to be confused, of course, with Hugh Grant, the hooker-loving tab Lloyd Tartan, multi-millionaire publicity-seeking actor, who would <laughs> if it had the right coloured lipstick on. Definitely, definitely not him, Kev. Definitely. Totally different bloke. On the programme, this. Brother Ian, Brother Sideshow Kev. A pipe of Pringles worth of this. Where are you? And we'd be left looking more stupid than Rupert Murdoch at a victim support Christmas party if we didn't shovel up some of this. You think Sideshow Kev would ever come out with something worth listening to? I cannot tell you how excited we are about that. And here he is, the 21st century version of Danny LaRue, the janitor <laughs> turned accidental producer. It's Sideshow Kev. A Danny LaRue reference. Nice pouch. Danny LaRue. You know we have an 18-year-old listener. Yeah. They won't know who the f*** Danny LaRue is. Google it! you got some questions, Kev. It's questions and feedback via social media, like Facebook and Twitter, and all manner of exciting guff. What's the next big social media thing going to be, Dr. Collins? You've got Twitter, which is very big at the moment, probably eclipsing Facebook. Yeah. What's going to be next? I think it might be a combination of the two, called Face Twat. <laughs> we know a few contenders already. You'll, you'll that be one first up. on there, I would imagine. <laughs> From Theo. Theo says, last week's episode, when the guest cancelled so you guys talk sh- for longer, was my favourite episode ever. Yeah, a lot of people saying that. Fingers crossed, more guests cancel on you two dimwits at the last minute. <laughs> Uh, from Lou, Lou says, what's your view on the Levison Inquiry conclusions? Yes. Now, I notice you came in here with those blue books. You're not planning to read it all out, are you? It's, it's fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> the Levison Inquiry, which just sound very, very austere, it's very, very important, and there is a bald, austere-looking man called Lord Levison. Until you discover that his actual name is Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Which sort of changes everything. Do you know, I'm not sure many people actually give a hoot on this. I mean, my mum doesn't give a monkey's. We need to make a film out of this in order to t- transpose it to a more digestible form, starring oh, yeah. Matt Damon. <laughs> I think that would Why work. Why Matt Damon? I'd watch it. I'd, I'd buy it on Blu-ray. <laughs> 3D Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah, politics. Love it. From Baron von Fullbladder. Baron says... <laughs> 
Phil Cool, we were talking about Phil Cool last week. We are, yeah. Phil Cool is still touring and was at my local theatre a couple of months ago. Okay. I didn't go. Thanks for that info. He also says, but what about the guy in the 1980s who dressed like a prisoner and said, Spook, where did he go? He was everywhere, then nowhere. Do you remember this guy? Yeah. His name was Roy J. Roy J. And he was on TV all the time. And I he had the he's... music. The music, as he came on, was the same all the time. And then uh, he would say, spook and shiver. Maybe it was slither. Maybe it was shiver. And you'll all be doing it tomorrow. Did he end up in some kind of um, controversy? I believe so. I think he's dead, by the way. Yeah. Or in prison, which would be ironic. A lot of our listeners in prison, by the way. <laughs> really? Yeah. But if you were in prison, you would go around doing the act, wouldn't you? What, the spooks, Lily? Yeah. Yeah, that'd go down well at the scrubs, wouldn't it? And I bet you'd go down well at the scrubs for doing that as well. Hey. Hey. Weird. Unrelaxed. From John. John says, uh, What's the deal with Kev saying thank you very much, Mr. Askey, at the start of each shoebox, followed by some music hall tunes? Please explain, as I'm only 24 and a bit thick. Yeah. Let me help you out. Audrey, give me some Arthur Askey biography music! Biography music. Arthur Bowden Askey, CBE, uh, was born in 1900 and died on the 16th of November, 1982. He was a prominent English comedian and actor. His humour owed much to the playfulness of the characters he portrayed. His improvising and his use of catchphrases, including Hello, Playmates, I Thank You, and Before Your Very Eyes. So there you are, John and Ian. Uh, that's who Arthur Askey is and was. And well, the you. reason for it is because, apart from your sort of corny uh, vintage <laughs> sort of intros for me... Uh, Arthur Askey used to have, like, slicked back hair yeah. and wore these sort of, like, horn rim glasses and, and was a bit of a joker. And I, I look across the room at you in your splendid attire and you just remind me of, uh, I'm suddenly like, Louis Walsh. You remind me of a very young Arthur Askey. Wasn't he one of the hardest working men in showbiz as well? There are some similarities, but obviously that's not one of them. No. No. A busy bee, you could say. Uh, from Linus. Linus says, I see your Hair Bear Bunch madness. Remember the Hair Bear Bunch last week? Yep. And raise you the opening titles to the Pink Panther cartoon with live action footage of a boy driving a car shaped like the Pink Panther's head to a theatre so the Pink Panther can go and watch his own cartoon. Mm. Child labour laws aside, what the f***? Was it a, a car, the shape of his head? It sort I of. It was just a, like a white lotus, wasn't it? No, it was a sort of. You must have wanted one when you were a kid. I think everybody wanted the, the, pink, the pink car. Panther car. The, the pink panther head car. Was it really? I, I've got a. It was sort of shaped like his head. The, so that was real boy. film, wasn't it? And then he got out as an animated character. Yes. Which and, was amazing to watch. Yeah, and you didn't find out until the end that it was a little boy who was driving the. Uh, which I'm sure is illegal. Yeah. Did he have a crash on him? He did. Yes. And who gets out? You. No, the Pink Panther gets out. But it's not real, Kev. No, but the f***ing drawing. The animated Pink Panther gets out and goes into the theatre. Right. That's all I can remember of it. And does anybody remember how devastated they were the first time in the summer holidays they looked through the listings to discover that Pink Panther, a film version, was on? Wow, a whole film cartoon. Yeah. Brilliant. Only discover, funny and talented as he was... Peter Sellers, which as an eight-year-old doesn't really float your boat, does it? No. Although the animated, they had an animated title sequence on the film. Yes, they did, which was connected to them. Well, I still don't understand that. 
Well, I think it was the animated... The Pink Panther is a diamond, isn't it, in the film? Yeah, but they had the title sequence with the Pink Panther, who was a smoker, bizarrely. (laughs) Yes, he was. Uh, The Pink Panther, and then, oh, these are popular, let's turn it into a cartoon. And the cartoon had um, the Pink Panther, and the early ones had an Inspector Clouseau cartoon in the middle of it. Do you remember this? Yeah, but I'm I'm confused. I mean, you wouldn't go to watch a Bond movie to see the opening titles of Woody Woodpecker, would you? (laughs) I mean, that would really screw the movie up, wouldn't it? Wouldn't set the tone. No, but I I kind of get why they did it. Yeah, but what was Blake Edwards thinking when he thought, I'm making a movie here, and it's got, like, one of the biggest comedy actors in it, but just for fun. We'll pretend it's a cartoon. What, was he just a liar? Uh, I think he just... A fantasist? A pink panther fetishist? A rinky-dink panther fetishist. He was married to Julie Andrews, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. play. From Sammy. Sammy says, presumably if Joey Barton listened to this show for a while, he'd then start talking like a... Quack, quack, oops. Well, he's a philosopher, isn't he? He, Oh, certainly. Certainly a philosopher. It's like he makes Plato look like <laughs> my geography teacher. I thought your geography teacher was Plato. You're quite old now. Mr. Newman. Yeah. Pluto, it's about right. Uh, there we are. If you have any questions you want to throw to us, uh, very simply, you can send them ian at onceaword.com, kev at onceaword.com. We don't always get to them the following week. We try and get to as many as we possibly can, and we will answer honestly, as is our thing. Hmm. Anything you like, we don't care what it is. We don't. Matters of international urgency, politics, famine... We do the lot. Off-road driving. Now, this is a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next week. Next week's show's going to be a stunner. I have concerns. If you make it back. Uh, well... Here's Kev on a crutch. Next week, it won't... It's a once-a-word special, if you like, because we're actually going to be recording our adventure up to do the 4x4. Yep. What happens when we're doing the 4x4. Oh, yes. What happens when we're driving back from the 4x4. And what happens in the pub after the drive back, after the driving, after the drive up. Yes. But here's the thing. As you know, mm. I'm nervous about this. Yep. I asked on Twitter, does anyone have any advice? There was a range of great advice and brilliant tweets from people. And as is standard with Twitter, a bunch of stuff which was entirely useless. Sure. But if we had somebody who I could talk to to give me a little bit of advice and tell me what to do and how to do it, because you're doing it as well. That's yep. the important thing. And I know you're a big experienced car man and muscles and and all that, but... I know just the man. Do you? Andre! Andre! Andre, get us Alan Gow, the head honcho from British Touring Cars on the blower. He'll teach you a thing or two. You think? Oh, yeah. This guy owns one of the biggest racing tournaments on the planet. Right. Yeah, he'll put you right. Okay. And he's a straight-talking Australian as well. All you need in life is a straight-talking Australian to, to just, you know, put yes. you right. He put will your tell mind you right. what to do. You'll yeah. be fine on that. Awesome. Oh, look what's happening. And we love it. It's random acts of irrational annoyance. They might well be teeny, microscopic even in their significance. However, they are the kind of small moments in life that hurt your head. They royally screw up your day. Spiral. 360. Spiral. 360 spiral. Awesome. Every day. They turn your head into a flipping frenzy. They're random acts of irrational annoyance. I've got a bunch going on here, Kev. We'll do these in a second. Brilliant response on Twitter and Facebook already on this. Uh, Kev, give us some. I have two. Firstly, people who high-five each other in a serious, non-ironic fashion. You know what I mean? I mean, if people are sort of, like, taking the piss a little bit when they do the the high-five thing, that's fine. But people who actually, you see, high-fiving each other in the pub or something, like, hey, yeah, look, isn't that cool? This is how cool we are. No, really, no. If it was 1989, maybe. Now, you just look a bit pathetic. There was a lot of high-fiving going on in that jungle show, I noticed. Well, I think yeah. that tells you everything you need well, to know. Well, and the crazy thing is, you know, you've got, I, I don't know, the, the 
girl from the Pussycat Dolls. It might well be in her instinctive nature to go high-fiving it about the place, but you know, high-fiving Colin Baker? I think he thought she was going to hit him. <laughs> it just looked ridiculous. Stop it! Stop it! And the other one is Nemi. Who held Nemi? Nemi is this cartoon strip in Metro, the free newspaper at which you get across much of the country. And uh, there's this big ballyhoo a few years ago when it started. Lovely place to visit, by the way. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is brilliant. It's really funny and you'll love it. And it's never been funny. We talk about Peanuts and Garfield. This has never been funny. And to prove the point, we're going to perform some Nemi. You know, we'll, Who we'll, or what the is Nemi? Well, Nemi is this girl who is, like, very pale and a bit like a goth. Okay. Who has relationship problems and all that kind of old pony. So what we'll Sounds do like is... Sounds like a lot of people we know. Well, yes. But what we'll do is we'll... Uh, I figured I'll describe the scene and yep. we'll both provide the dialogue and we'll make it sound like a sort of audio version. Oh, this is and good. Just yeah, so yeah, you can yeah. see, you can, you can properly experience and appreciate the entertainment value... I've not nonsense. flexed me acting muscle for many a year, Kev, so I'm ripe and ready for this one. So to set the scene, yep. two girls talking. There's one with blue hair, who's thin and a bit kooky looking, and there's one who's large, and she has like a bunch of, of shopping with her. Food and, and Provisions. Such like. Provisions, that's yep. exactly it. Okay. All right. Wow, you look happy. <laughs> I've got this premonition that the world's going to end before the next bikini season. <laughs> now, uh, that possibly wasn't a great example. That's a recent one, and I... I, I... Give them a chance, Kate. I'll give them a chance. All right, yeah. We'll, we'll do one more. Try another one. So Nemi, the goth, is half asleep and lying in bed with a handsome man. Yeah. Who am I playing? You're playing the handsome man. Right. Andre, put that bed away! So I'll start. Now, he's awake. Yeah. She's asleep. Okay. Mmm, Mar. Mark? Mar. Mark? Martin? Marvin? Mar. Marshmallows. And then she eats the pillow! So he's thinking she's got the wrong bloke's name. Yeah. And all the time she wasn't trying to shout out no. the bloke's name. Right, she, she thought her, her pillow yeah. was a giant marshmallow. Is there a book version of this? Because I quite like to get this. <laughs> oh, come on! Uh, I'm just going to go back to the Leveson Inquiry for one here, Kev. Oh, you uh, love it, don't it's you? Just, well, it's just a very brief thing. You know, there's now this kind of call from the great and the good. That we've got to have new laws and rules. You know, be careful what you wish for. The idea that the likes of Cameron and Co. are going to control our press is more terrifying than kind of what went on before. State control isn't what's needed. If you look at what led to the Leveson Inquiry, which was things like phone hacking and payments to cops, all of that stuff is already illegal. Yes. It's already against the law to do that. Libel already exists. Phone hacking can send you to the pokey. Paying a copper will also get you a massive court appearance. So all of this stuff is already illegal. The idea that we'd have some kind of statute set around by those cats <laughs> in Westminster <laughs> frankly bothers me more than any dirty old hack who was trying to listen in on Hugh Grant's voicemail. And also the word phone hacking 
I've touched on this before. Everybody seems to think this was about just a scientist sitting in the back of a van with reel-to-reel tapes and headphones. And a little satellite dish on the top that spins uh, yeah, around. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I think we've got Hugh. Have a listen. And listening in on conversations. And, of course, it wasn't. It was somebody who just discovered that that default pin code meant you could listen to a voicemail message. It doesn't defend anything. And, you know, we know that there was a turn in this where it went from showbiz to real criminality over what happened. And no one is defending that. But put it all into perspective, please, and let's not have our political masters at Westminster tinkering around with the freedom of the press. That would be an utter disgrace. And actually, if you look at all the mischief that most hacks and gutter journos and all that mob got up to, what percentage does that form of the overall print output in the last 20 years? It probably doesn't touch 1%, so it's a mass... It's sledgehammers and, and nuts and all that kind of caper. This is from Thomas, who says, Cars that do insane speeds in residential streets causing you to nearly end up like a skewered kebab. Actually, my problem, it's bad enough when they do that, you know, around schools and housing estates. Uh, But cars that speed in car parks, what the hell is that all about? Is that not just the dictionary definition of being an utter moron? Well, they should have an additional... I know you've got, like, the the practical test and the theory test. There should be a suitability-to-drive test, because you see some people... Yeah, suitability-to-drive and a height test. Minimum height... For people who want to drive a 4x4, so you don't get those tiny little women peering through the steering wheel as they drive along. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so women and Warwick Davis, essentially, are out the uh, 4x4 equation. You always get a booster seat. Jim says, I like this. Match of the day's habit of showing a close-up of Delia Smith whenever Norwich City score a goal. We know she's a big fan. We get the point. Where are you? Where are you? Now, as you know, I don't watch football, but I caught a little bit of um, Match of the Day when I was between channels. And um, the commentator, and you might know more about this than I, seemed to be on some sort of Michael Jackson reference thing. And he started spilling out, like, I don't know players' names, so we'll call him Smith. I said, oh, Smith there, he can't stop till he gets enough. He's bad. He's a smooth criminal. But it literally wasn't making any sense. He was just, like, trying to wedge in all these song titles. Really? And I thought, this is very strange. Is this allowed? His ref-injecting anaesthetic reference was in pretty poor taste as well, wasn't it? Yes, it was. This is from Andy, who says, uh, Adverts promoting a new up-and-coming TV series as exclusive or a must or unmissable. I'll be the judge of that, thank you. suppose they've got to plug it, haven't they? How else do they do it? Yeah. Christian says, I saw a student walking along with an iPad the other day in London, not looking where she was going. How easy is that to get mugged? I'm... Very surprised, having been in London for some time now. I'm really, really... Because it always used to be people were very cagey on public transport and walking around, and they'd keep things in their pockets. The number of people I see now on the tube and walking around with iPads, laptops even, Uh, and not giving it a second thought is unbelievable. Well, also, your Samsung Galaxy is is a phone as well, of course. So uh, this is a fairly substantial bit of kit that, that, that you're using. Funny, isn't it, how for years they tried to make phones smaller, and now that entire ocean has just gone out the window. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this in from Joe says, Max Clifford, that's it. Yeah, fair okay. enough. Uh, Rogue 2 says, pressing both buttons for the lift, it makes me want to bite the moron's finger off. What, up and down? Well, if you... Oh, yeah, I think that's what he's on about. Yeah, when people are waiting for the lift, they press one and they just press the other one if it hasn't arrived in their desired time. Yeah, exactly. The other thing are people pressing the button that you've already pressed. Yeah, which happens a lot. And, and when you get off a train as well. You're already... It's the worst. You're clearly going to open the door and some tit on the platform, decides to reach up and... Pre- Did they think you were just going to stand by the door all day and not attempt to get out? Yeah. It's, um, also, it's also interesting and funny. You can spot tourists on the tube now because tube doors all open automatically. 
despite the fact there's like an open button. Yeah. And they stand there and they start hammering the button to get out. Oh no, I had a terrible one when I told a girl that this is one of those you could ne- this will never be relived and she I will never know when she realized her mistake. So because the, the two button does still light up as if you should press it. Yeah. But you don't have to press it, it's automatic. So I'm standing by the door, she's behind me. And the tube stops, but the door doesn't open. She tuts and huffs and almost pushes me out the way in order to press the button. And I say, it's automatic. And she looks at me as if I'm a jackass, presses the button. At that point, the door happened to open. Yeah. So she still left that tube thinking that her press caused the door to open. And I will never know at what point in her life she realises and thinks back, thinks back to the time. Oh, that poor bastard on the tube that I bullied was me. Wouldn't it be awesome if she actually found out about this for the first time by listening to this podcast? That'd be brilliant. Uh, Lindsay says, people who insist on wearing running trainers with boot-cut jeans. In fact, she says, come to that, just boot-cut jeans. Funny how they just look ridiculous now. Joe says, ultrasound scan images used on profile pictures, which you touched on, of course. uh, Furious... Still happens. Ridiculous, quite a lot. yeah. Uh, this in from Adam. <laughs> Those taps in public toilets that only work when you hold the button down, so you have to wash one hand at a time. Yes. That is really annoying. And he also says hand dryers that have about as much puff as an asthmatic slug. There's loads of those. It's interesting, the taps thing, because, yes, I agree with the holding things down, but you know the automatic ones with the sensors? Yep. And the sensors are so insensitive. You've also got to work out where the sensor yeah, is. Yeah, and when you find it, you have to wave at it to almost get it to work. Some have a pump pad on the floor. Yes. I which airport I was in. I think it was in Greece or something. Really? It was a pump pad on the floor. I looked forever to how to turn this sucker on. And then I realised you had to press something with your foot. And then it all came out like a fountain. Like a festival toilet. Danny says, uh, reverse writing on vehicles that you can only see in your rear view mirror. This is really pandering to a minority. Like ambulance. And Paul says, it's the old classic, but it's always worth uh, mentioning this. So anybody who works in shops... Don't do this. People who give you your change on top of the receipt yeah. or on top of your notes. Yeah. Uh, you need the notes first so you can clinch the notes. Then you can put the remainder of your hand out for the change to go in there. Otherwise, the notes or receipt simply act as a kind of slide mechanism for all the money to fall out of your palm when put on top of said money stroke receipt. Don't do it. Mind you, there is one girl who works in boots at... Uh... Oh, no, there's mo- more than one. No, there's, I know, uh, but there's one in particular. Thousands who works in uh, one of the Boots stores at Victoria Station, who hands you your change and almost strokes, or maybe it's just me, she, like, strokes the back of my hand as she's passing it over. It's really quite disconcerting. It's like, uh, give me your hand, I'll show you what I mean, it'll freak you out. Uh, it's, that's weird, <clears throat> isn't <sorry>. it? <laughs> if you've got any random acts of irrational annoyance... Stop playing with that. St- send them through to us. Uh, dead symbol, Ian at whatsaword.com. Kev at whatsaword.com. Uh, still to come, we've got off-road driving advice for Sideshow Kev. <laughs> and his shoe box. Thanks, man. The Mitsubishi L200 comes with a 125,000-mile five-year warranty. In fact, if you bought an L200 today, it would last roughly five years longer than a politician's promise. For more info on the Mitsubishi L200, visit your local dealer. The Mitsubishi L200. No environment too tough. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. Well, wham, bam, it's back again, everybody. Uh, Get your Showbiz Shoebox intake here, said the sign outside the Showbiz 
That's a vintage introduction. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Mr. Arthur Askey. Ba, 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 you know what I am. Just a woolly little, silly little Canterbury lamb. Once I had a quarrel with a great big ram. I kicked him in the cutlets and did that ram scram. Although you have been stirring it up a little bit on Twitter, I've seen your tweets. Research, Kev. Research. Oh, is the shoebox past its sell-by date? It was just a bit of... Re- I needed to know whether or not... Um, when it comes down to talking about contracts look, for know, the next year... My my people insist. You know, I've got my name on this, the uh, front of this bloody thing on iTunes. Okay? Right, yes. It's, it's there. Well, listen, I got news for you. You could be replaced. You can be replaced. Charlie Wolf wants a word. It ain't J- gonna happen. James Whale wants a word. Even Mark Goodyear wants a word. What do you think about that? <laughs> it's Sideshow Kev Showbiz Shoebox. We weekly look at the box of Showbiz fluff we find under the bed. Now, this week, we're testing you properly, Mr. C. Okay. Hollywood blockbusters have in recent years seen their money-making potential eclipsed by the latest must-have... Oh, I know where you're going. ...video games. Mm. From hardcore gamers to casual funsters, gaming has gone from bedroom coders to a multi-million pound industry. But that's not to say that every game that's been released is a winner. Over the past 25 years, there have been, to put it delicately, some truly f***ing awful titles released. So with that in mind, it's time to enter the god-awful Gash Gaming Grotto. Andre, give me some god-awful Gash Gaming Grotto music, please, you gashy grotto-dwelling tits. Very simple, Ian Collins. You'll hear descriptions of some of the worst games ever. Can I pass? No, but only one of them is real. Just spot it. So two fake, one real. Number one, guess the gash game. Is it A, extreme shinty, blood and guts in this stick-wielding console epic? Is it B, tie... (laughs) Doe, play as martial arts expert William Shatner, fighting off Star Trek fans in Bangkok. Or is it C, Shaq Fu... Play as basketball legend Shaquille O'Neal and do Kung Fu. So the real one, I've got to get the real one in this. One of them is real. Spot the well, real one. First one's real. Extreme Shinty? Yes. It's the incorrect answer. Oh, stop. It's the last one, isn't it? Shaq Fu. Stop it. Someone decided a basketball player who was popular should have a Kung Fu game. Ugh. Didn't work. Didn't work. Bet you bought it. I bet you got the Wii version of that. No, it's a terrible game. And it came out years ago, before the Wii. Pay attention. Pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two, guess the gash game. Is it A, Blue Oyster Blues? Navigate your way through a stereotypical 1970s gay nightclub, avoiding flying moustaches, the village people, and giant slippery (laughs) B, plumbers don't wear ties. Dodgy pseudo-softcore how's-your-father adventure antics. Or C, sausage or saccage. The ultimate down under shaving sim. It's the first one. Blue Oyster Blues. Yes. It's the incorrect answer. Plumbers don't wear ties. Okay. It was a, an early example of using what they called full motion video, so they had like right. clips of leering and stuff like that. Must get a version for me Atari. Number three. A. Custer's Revenge. A naked General Custer, complete with eight bits. Bits forces himself on Native American women. Is it B, crisscross, make my video, direct the 1990s musical little shits, but you can't make them off a cliff, sadly. Or C, Grand Theft Panda, panda pinching fun. It's Grand Theft Panda. 
Hand a pinching thumb was a real game. It's the incorrect answer. Ah. The, the actual answer is it's a little bit of a trick question, actually, because okay. Custer's Revenge was a real game. It was an adult game for the Atari 2600, mm. where uh, Custer would have his massive. Schlonger? Yeah, and he would go and... Really? Yeah. What's this, is porn, sure. Like Lego porn, okay. in terms of the graphics. Right. And also, Crisscross Make My Video was also an actual game. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm wrong-footing you there a little bit. Hmm. Number four, guess the gash game. Is it A, take heart, the game. Charge through the gallery, collecting neck scarves, avoiding Mr. Bennett's broom in this thrilling adventure. Is it B, Andy Cap, the game. Get into fistfights with wife Flo, collect dole money and drink beer. Or is it C, carry on tits? The game. Play as Sid in his quest to see as many boobs as possible. I don't think it's <laughs> collecting Tony Hart's scarves around the uh, around the gaff, so I'm going for B. Andy Cap. Yeah. The correct answer. It doesn't surprise me because somehow, don't ask me how, I ended up going to see at around that time Andy Cap the musical, which actually starred Tom Courtney really? fine actor, as Andy Cap. In fact, you reminded me, there was a television version of Andy Cap. Can you remember who was Andy Cap? James Boland. It was James Boland. Yes. How bizarre. Yeah. Yet the musical was shocking. I actually fell asleep during it. Wow. And I looked around and the bloke next to me was also asleep. Hey. Cerebral. I think Adam Faith or something wrote the music for it. By golly. And number five, A, Bing Bang Baboo's Big Bubble Bonanza. Play as Fanny and earn points by blowing and bursting bubbles. Is it B, angry words with friends? Tell your mates to f*** off in many and various ways. Or is it C, desert bus? Drive a bus across the desert in real time for hours. It's C. It is C. As extraordinary as that may sound. So the idea was you did it in real time. It, in fact, you can play it. Look, I've got it on my phone. So you could drive that in real time. If you want to drive it now, I'll tell you what, we'll put the podcast on hold for 18 do you hours. Do mind if I just do a quick Sahara jaunt? Just yeah. to the cactus and back. That'll be fine. OK, hang on. Lizard, Kev. <laughs> and that's the Showbiz Shoebox for this week. Uh, if you'd like to win a Showbiz Shoebox of your very own, then follow me on Twitter, at Sideshow underscore Kev, and uh, this very week I'll be giving some details, <laughs> and it might not arrive till Christmas, because you mm. know what the post is like. I mean, let's be honest. Hope I win it. Yeah, well, you'll win nothing, mate. You're trying to bring this feature down. Voicemail roulette. Please leave a message. It is voicemail roulette. You can call the number 07789183262. But now, most people, being the 21st century, will usually use their voice notes or whatever the equivalent is in their Android phone and just email it to us, kev at onceaword.com. We always have three. Has the talent factor gone up, Kev? Let's find out. I'm got. Ah, screw it. Just play it. Brother Ian. Brother Sideshow Kev, it's Brother Mike here, and I realize now that my choice of music failed to stir your soul, so I've returned to Albion in order to do so, to get on the podcast. Ian Collins, he had a podcast, but Mad Mike Hansen wasn't on it. 
So he sang them some songs and sang them all night long. But Ian was too stupid to listen. But Ian, he had sideshow Kev, and Kev was the executive producer. But sideshow Kev, he's a bit of a div, and Aethelk can kiss my junk. Is that an improvement? Is this the new improved version? I I have con- I have concerns. I really have concerns. You look at what this man is responsible for. Much of the popular entertainment in this country. And it's just it's extraordinary, really. Beyond belief. I think something has to be done. Let's have another, Kev. Hi lads, just a quickie. It's Phil and Salford here. If you had all the time in the world um, and nothing else to do, do you think Sideshow Kev would ever come out with something worth listening to? Mental, I know. Uh, let me know. Cheers. Well, I think Phil's onto something. I think we should hire him. Oh, do you? Yes. Sideshow Phil, maybe. Yeah, I think that could work. He's yeah. clearly a man right. who's astute. He knows. He's a good judge of character. Phil, get on a bus. Get down here, son. Yeah, you know my Thanks. solicitors are listening to you, son. Uh, here's another. Hi. Do you like to laugh? I do. I'm very not uh, good with uh, approaching uh, ladies because the boyfriend is always in the back and I never see him. And at the end of the conversation, I always get grabbed by the hair and I get punched in the face repeatedly. But it's funny. It's for the the comedy's uh, sake. <laughs> BBC Three would commission that as a series for like five years. Yeah, send those through to us uh, by recording them into your phone, yeah. and then just email it to kev at wantsaword.com. Listen, we've got the four by four next week. We're getting some great driving advice next, uh, and then I think after Christmas and a big Christmas special, we're going to have to have a serious, serious talk about this feature. You think so? Yeah. I think it's just started to develop legs. The legs of what is another question. We are very excited to welcome motoring royalty with us in just a moment. Ian Collins wants a word. Well, Sideshow Kev, uh, we, we promised you advice. Yes. We wanted somebody who knows their cars. Yes. Uh, so we thought, who could we get on? Who is a man who sits in the Premier League of all things car-related? A man who knows his beans when it comes to four wheels. None other than the series director of the British Touring Car Championship. It's Alan Gow. Alan, Alan Gow! How are you, Alan? <laughs> I'm very good, guys. Yourself? Yeah, we're good. Listen, you've been, well, you've been with British Touring Car since, what, 91? Um, yeah. <laughs> See, that's nearly 25 years. Wow. I'm obviously a one-trick pony. <laughs> You've, uh, you would have seen some, uh, one or two egos in that time, tra- racing around tracks, I'd imagine. I'm, st- I'm, I'm still seeing them, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> the, the increasing TV coverage that we get means there's increasing egos. Well, ind- yeah, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, BTCC has t- taken on t- such a profile in the last sort of five, seven years. Yeah. And... I, I'm, I'm guessing that means, you know, drivers, perhaps not unreasonably, demand mm. more, want more volivons in the dressing room, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have guessed that? <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, it, 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 the success is borne out by not just the TV ratings, but obviously the people who come to see you during the season around the country as well. Sure, we have we have huge spectator numbers, um, 
and uh, you know, trackside audiences and, and, and TV audiences and the racing's great. You know, what more can I say? You know, it's 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 the most dominant form of, of motorsport in this country by, by a long shot and, and for a very good reason. It's good entertaining motorsport. Indeed. And you like your cars, of course, yourself. Um, I do love my cars. Yeah. And we thought you, you must be the man to speak to just, you know, in terms of t- t- getting into the confidence of a driver's head, because Sideshow Kev here, Alan, uh, right. is going to be the, the, the main man. Uh, we're going up to Bruntingthorpe, um, right. which I think you know in Leicestershire. Sure, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an ex-military airfield, and oh, I think it has a, it has a main straight that's one mile long. Is that, is that good news for an off-road challenge or bad news? No, I guess it'll just take you longer to stop if you get it horribly wrong. Oh, this is brilliant news. <laughs> this is wonderful stuff. So when they say, because we've got, you know, there's going to be a fella there to meet us, and right. this guy, I, I assume, is a man that knows a thing or two about off-road driving, and th- there is that added confidence boost that you need before you get there. So, you know, what, what are the, the, the oh, main I'm components? The man. I'll, I'll give you your confidence. Let's, let's just go for it. Let's let, go. Let me, let me, Who is driving you or well, yeah, well, it'll be me and Ian will do a bit. But just to be clear on this, Al, my, my whole thing with driving is, you know, uh, steady and, and considered and observe the speed limits and preferably try and stay on tarmac as opposed to just swanning off into the woods. None of that sounds like a particularly good idea to me. None of that is applicable for what you want to do. Um, <laughs> so you need to th- you need to throw that out the window. Yeah. And, and and may I say you'll make a fantastic passenger. <laughs> it, I, I you aspire. might not start off as the passenger. Yeah, I aspire to be a fantastic passenger. Yeah. <laughs> a sharp left um, turn, and you will be the passenger. <laughs> I, I, I guess it depends whether all your st- whether it's all off road or you're going to use a bit of the track as well. I don't know. I think there's going to be a combination of the two. Great. And what vehicle are you using? It's uh, the Mitsubishi L200. So it's a chunky bit of kit. It's got off-road yep. tyres all ready to go. So that, that, that's obviously a requirement for the job. And will there be a time challenge in this? Will you? Well, is, I've got is a it fun- against the clock? Or? Yeah, I've got a funny feeling. The guy who's going to be the instructor is a fellow called Pat Jackson. And I think Pat is going to put us through different, almost military-style challenges. Oh. One of which might be a time challenge. Great. Well, don't drink the night before. Make sure you have um, good, comfortable clothes. Uh, obviously, the guy will, will give you a helmet and, uh, and all that sort of safety equipment, I'd imagine. But, but what you both have to remember, and particularly Kev, because he sounds a bit, uh, a bit steadier than you are, Ian, um, <laughs> is, is, is that the car is usually far more capable than you'll ever find out. Um, Interesting. So it is. Cars nowadays, and 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 an off-road vehicle is the same, have such high levels of of, of handling and braking and performance that that you'll probably never you'll never be able to take it to that extreme. Yeah, um, that's true. So you know you will bottle out before you get to that. So what I mean is you've got to have great confidence in in the vehicle that you're driving. This sounds all the more terrifying the more you talk, sir. I mean, it's like... It it shouldn't be. I mean, the limit comes when you're on your roof, right? Um, (laughs) Before that, it's perfectly fine. That's going to be the time challenge. How long will it be before Sideshow Kev can flip the vehicle? I I think you're going to be all right. I mean, you know, Kev is, to be honest, Alan, he's underselling himself, really. I mean, he is. Mm. I think there's more. He's doing a very good job of it. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's more. You know, I mean, look at every time we go into East London, people call him a bit of a James Hunt. So, (laughs) funny. 
I've got a funny maybe, feeling he's got the credentials biggest, already. Maybe the biggest problem is going to be you, Ian, because I have it on very good authority. You, um, you sort of fancy yourself behind the wheel a bit. <laughs> oh, well, this is true. Yeah, I think the problem is to try and enjoy it, isn't it, Alan? That's, part of, that, that's the difficulty, because you want to enjoy it, but you don't want to be too scared. Don't put yourself under any pressure, no. uh, and, and that's the main thing. You're, Too late. You're doing it. Yeah. You're doing it for a bit of enjoyment. Of course we are. Once you put yourself under the pressure of having to having to perform in front of someone or against uh, you know the clock or something like that, the enjoyment sort of goes out of it a bit. Definitely. Um, and and this is not a career move for either of you. <laughs> I, would, I, I would suggest so, so. So just take it easy and and. It's like most things in life. The more you relax into doing it, the easier it gets. 2013 is very close, Alan Gale, and British Touring Car Championship back again, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've uh, we've only just finished, finished 2012, and of course, even before this season finishes, we're planning next year. And uh, ne- next year will we'll be more new cars. Um, uh, it, it'll it'll be a great challenge again, and um, uh, you know, just get yourself you know, your backside track side, as we say. Absolutely. Well, listen. And thank you, Alan, for coming on with us. We want everybody to go to btcc.net for further details on what's happening with the British Touring Car Championship. Meantime, series director, Alan Gow. Thank you, Alan. Alan Gow! Credit stream. And in the best traditions of chronology, that is the end. But, of course, we do return in seven days. Thank you to you for downloading. If you like what we do and want to help support this podcast, make sure you leave us a nice five-star review. Android users can try us on the free Stitcher app or download at stitcher.com slash once a word. Thanks to all of our guests. All can be found on Twitter, as can we, at Ian Collins UK. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. The show's technical operator is Andre Porch, program editor by Cass Khan. Our researcher was Limal, and today's chunky fact comes courtesy of Les in Swansea, who tells me that last year the UK sex toy industry sold more than 80 kilometres worth of plastic willies. Apparently the South is where a disproportionate amount of phony phalluses end up, although rumours that at least eight foot's worth went to dressing room two at the X Factor studios are, as yet, unconfirmed. Oh, and as ever, the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. Join us next week when we go out and about and totally off the flipping road as me and Sideshow Kev venture to rural Leicestershire for the L200 Off-Road Challenge. Join us next week for all the grisly details. Goodbye. A Big Things Media production. Big Things! Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the Mitsubishi L200. Tough enough to come with a five-year, 125,000-mile warranty. I don't know if you've seen the darts recently. It's but, massive. Yeah, but it's it's a bit like professional wrestling. They've got yep. foam fingers and signs and entrance music. Yeah. Cool nicknames like, you know, Shagatron and things like that. And they um they do seem to treat it much more like it's an actual sport. Whereas before, I remember like Bristow and Jockey and the likes, pint of beer, the drunker they got, the better they played. Yeah, but the, the other thing is that I mean the entire concept of playing sort of sexy music, you know, it's all very well. If, you know, an iron fist or something comes out the curtain. <laughs> but, frankly, when some 40-stone lardass comes rolling out of a curtain... <laughs>
called Eric Vlong Schlong. Doesn't quite carry the same showbiz impact, really. But I must admit, if I, if I see the darts on the television, mm. then I'll watch it for a bit because it's quite interesting. Never been down to, like, Lakeside and those places? No, I haven't. Apparently, people who go say it's a really good afternoon. I could imagine it out, is. I could imagine it is. What is the next once-a-word day out? <laughs> We're going to the darts. Only if Jim Bowen could come on as co-host, though. Smash it.